On this episode, we smoke the Blanco BG Reserve Short Lonsdale. This is a unique and delicious cigar that might be a little bit rare, so we're happy to bring it to you. Welcome to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome everybody to Burn Line Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Midas. I'm your host, N.M. Hi, N.M. How are we doing this morning? Good. I was doing initials because of uh, BG. Yeah, BG stands for... It's a Brian Glenn. Yeah, that's definitely spelled Irish. Yeah. Way too many Y's in there. The alternative vowel for people from small islands in Northern Europe... So uh, the Blanco BG Reserve, um, this is going to be a real treat. As usual, Burnline Podcast is brought to you from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made at the Blanco Lounge of Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Lounge in North America, and we are smoking a Blanco product, so that kind of goes, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, happy to be doing this. We love this brand here. Yeah, so the uh, Blanco BG Reserve, um, this deserves a little bit of backstory, but let me tell you about the cigar we're going to smoke today. This is the BG Reserve Short Lonsdale. It is a 55 by 46 that retails here at Union Cigar Hanover for eleven fifty. while a 20-count box will set you back $184, a savings of $46. You could buy a damn good lighter for that and uh, it does come in a few different vitolas including a barber pole toro this is not the barber pole this has the san andres mexican wrapper and that's what we'll be smoking i really actually this is my favorite vitola not just because i'm a small ring gauge guy uh, but it's short enough to really enjoy the whole thing down to the nub uh, without getting interrupted and so on and so forth so looking forward to this so, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Cigar Obsession collab and the BG Reserve? Yeah, so um, a gentleman named Brian Glenn, as I alluded to earlier, and uh, Dave Blanco, the head man for Blanco Cigars, um, collaborated on four different cigars, actually. So there's uh, first third, second third, final third, and then the BG Reserve. I'm glad they didn't call it the third third. Third third, yeah. Fourth yeah. fourth third, fifth third. Yeah. That's actually a bank in southern Indiana. Fifth third bank. Fifth third. Yeah, don't ask. It's a long story. So this is the fourth collaboration, the BG Reserve. Yes. And uh, quite a good one as well. And if I understand, uh, Brian sort of selected the tobaccos and David blended them. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think they were... Uh, on a pretty constant back and forth yeah. in the blending process. Yeah. Brian had a, a good deal of uh, control over what they would do. Kind of what went into it. So yeah. let's talk about this cigar before we light it up. Uh, on the presentation side, first of all, the uh, the box for this cigar is really beautiful. It's um, kind of a traditional wooden box, but it's slanted on the the side. So coming up from the bottom, it bulges out and coming down from the top, it bulges out. So the, the center of the box where the lid closes is wider than the top. 
So it kind of looks like a treasure chest or something like that. Um, and it's got that royal purple that uh, is really the hallmark color for the branding of this. The cigar itself, first of all, the wrapper is beautiful. It's a um, kind of a matte oily uh, nut brown wrapper. So this is a little bit darker, maybe like a claro uh, in color. It does have a pigtail and a closed foot, which is a little bit hidden by this royal purple ribbon. Such a, such a deep purple. It's a deep purple. Don't forget to remove the ribbon before lighting up. The uh, band is kind of cool and fancy. It's uh, it, it has a shade of red on there that uh, has some purple in it, almost like a maroon. Yeah. And then... It's got the BG, you know, in this flowery script on this uh, purple background that looks like, I don't know, uh, fancy old wallpaper almost. Yeah, I was going to say wallpaper. Yeah, something like that with uh, raised gold accents and it says reserve on the bottom. All of that is, you know, pressed into uh, the band. And then uh, the wings coming off from the main logo are black with uh, gold filigree that is also uh, embossed on the, the band. So I think this is pretty cool looking. I think the presentation on this cigar is sharp and unique. It's not a color scheme that you see all over the place. You know, In fact, the only other purple I can think of is uh, Superfly, which is a completely different branding direction for, yeah, a, yeah. for a cigar. Um, so the use of kind of these unique colors and, and all of the the colors that, that they use, they complement each other, but uh, they all have like this rich, you know, almost royal type of feel to them. So it's it's pretty cool, like the like the presentation. It definitely screams, uh, you know, elegance. Yeah, this is like a sophisticated, elegant type of type of cigar. I think. Anytime, anytime you put reserve in a cigar name too, I feel like it's a yeah, it lifts it up a little bit too. This is the reserve edition. What they need to do is uh, partner with Brian Glenlivet yeah, to produce a, a collab whiskey. So I am removing the ribbon from the foot. Definitely don't want to apply any flame there. And uh, we have this pigtail head. So there's a few different ways you can approach a pigtail. One is to have an open double guillotine cutter and just cut the head of the cigar off like you normally would. The other is to twist the pigtail off. That leaves a nice little punch hole or chew it off. Um, or you can do something more complicated like an X-Acto knife or something else. Uh, I would recommend just using a regular cutter. And as usual, we remind all of our listeners to clip that cigar with authority. No limp-wristed cutting allowed. We don't want to crush that wrapper or damage it in any way. We paid good money for a good smoke, and we don't want to disrespect the cigar or the people who brought it to us, the 300 pairs of hands that have brought this to our smoking table today. I forgot to bring in the cigar stand, so I got a matching Burlwood cigar stand to match our ashtray. So I'll bring that in at some point when I remember that it's in the glove box of my forerunner before the show starts that's awesome man i can't wait to see it this uh this ashtray has been a treat it's pretty cool i like uh 
the accoutrement when I'm smoking. You know, yeah. I like to like manage the environment. You know. Yeah. So uh, we've got the cigar. It is uh, beautiful. It's calling to me, and it is time to light our cigar. The official lighting brought to you by Union Cigar Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, as well as Gettysburg. So. If you're visiting historic Gettysburg, right there in the downtown circle, be sure to stop by the Union Cigar location there for your summer travel plans and meet some of the crew. And uh, we would love to get your thoughts on both the shop and also uh, your favorite cigar. So I'm collecting stories about what people like to smoke. So uh, hit me up and let me know what uh, what you enjoy, and we'll turn that into some kind of story or or a collection to share with people. So, we are lighting this cigar. As always, we remind you to toast your cigar, not roast it. Toast it, not roasted. Toast it, not roasted. Toast it, not roasted. It's toasted. I get it. Now, since this is a closed foot cigar, I am taking advice and puffing on just the closed foot first. And after igniting that, I will tell you, this San Andres tobacco is phenomenal. It's phenomenally strong with just that, uh, just that wrapper. But what a great tobacco! Wow. And Nick is using his beautiful, fancy, flat three flame jet that was gifted to him from Francisco Amante. Thank you, Francisco. And I am using my square quad flame Vertigo torch lighter. You know, I was trying to use my fourteen dollar knockoff Dupont soft flame butane lighter outside this morning on the porch it was gorgeous um but it just reminded me again of why i use a jet torch do you smoke a cigar this morning i did smoke a cigar this morning what'd you have if you don't mind me asking i had the street tacos uh, carnitas nice it's a good one we should, a, do the, we should do that on the show yeah it's a it's a good morning smoke too mm-hmm. you know, it's not not too strong so this but we are smoking the blanco BG Reserve, Short Lonsdale, and we have got our cigars nice and toasted, so we're going to puff on these for a little bit and let you know what heights of ecstasy it brings us to. Dude, I ate, I ate steak last night, and it tastes like a, you know, the, the, the best piece of fat. Yes, yeah, that's a great call out. So I got a really strong uh, cedar carrier note on mm-hmm. this to start out, and I was going to say cream. But I think yeah. beef fat yeah. is another great descriptor, especially beef fat that's like seared. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. A, a seared, juicy fat flavor to it. That's, that is really cool. Unreal. I mean, this is the first time I've gotten this from this cigar. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's freaking awesome. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. How can you not get excited about this shit? Mm-hmm. You know? It's like a, it's like a, almost like an epiphany. So... Uh, great smoke output. This is a, a 46, so it is a small ring gauge, and uh, the smoke output is great. So some of the things that I like in a cigar is some resistance on the draw. So if you're a Gordo fan, um, I'm not because I don't get enough resistance to the draw on a Gordo. Um, but Gordos do produce a lot of smoke. Well, this one I'm getting both. I'm getting an appropriate resistance to the draw and a big mouthful. And uh, at least right here in the first half inch of the cigar, I think I would describe the smoke as like creamy and chewy at the same time. 
it has real body to it. Yeah, I think that the the smoke like it's just it's it's visible coming off the foot. It's visible coming through the cap. It's uh like very full in your mm-hmm. in your mouth on your palate. It's I don't know what the tricks are. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure like some blenders. Uh, they know the effects like all right we if we use this tobacco in this you know variation we can make create right. this effect um, but this is like uh, this is excellent yeah you can really feel the smoke on your palate and almost move it around your mouth i like that um so yeah my uh initial tasting notes there's definitely a strong cedar carrier note um that sort of that sort of sweet but charred beef fat or or like cream that you put in a saucepan on low heat and stirred it around, um, and it develops that little that little skim on the top of it. That that little film, it tastes like that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, this is very smooth. Yeah, this is. I liked this cigar before, but this is this is a treat, man. This is a treat. This is a smoky treat. So I had had uh, smoked the different Vitola of this. I, I do like the Figurado, and I think I've told folks before, I like to choose a Figurado if I have that option because, you know, you have to have a certain level of skill to roll that, so typically your construction quality is going to be pretty good if you're getting anything besides a Parejo. So this is my first time smoking the Short Lonsdale, and so far it is impressing right out of the gate. I'm enjoying this. I almost don't want to sip my coffee because I know that it'll cha- it'll fundamentally change the the taste of the yeah, cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I'm still uh, kind of exploring this uh, exploring this smoke and the flavor profile. So it's a it's a San Andreas wrapper, like you said. Is there any? Do you have details on the? The filler tobaccos in the binder. I'd be interested to know about that. Yes, the binder is Indonesian Sumatra, and the fillers are Nicaraguan tobaccos. So I think the um, Sumatra is probably where I'm getting that cedar note from. Um, and then this little, this little uh, white pepper note that's kind of like on the finish, I think is probably coming from the Nicaraguan. It really plays well together. This is a uh, surprising combination of tobaccos to me, and just the ratios they're blended in, um, it's really playing well together. Like, it's a coherent whole, and I'm thinking about the smoke a little bit while I smoke it because it has an integrated, coherent flavor that you kind of have to pick apart. And that's in contrast to some cigars we've smoked. You know, the uh, Cohiba Weller comes to mind, where without the Weller to sort of blunt it, you had five or six flavors fighting each other. Um, there wasn't like a coherent taste. This tastes like a finished product that has sort of its own flavor, like an Oreo cookie. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, where does the cookie end? Where's the cream start? Dude, that's, what I'm saying. that's what I was just thinking. It's layered. Yeah. 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 You know what else everybody like? Parfaits. Have you ever met a person you say, hey, let's get some parfaits. They say, hell no, I don't like no parfaits. Parfaits are delicious. No! <clears throat> Obviously here we're a big fan of uh, Blanco stuff. Anything that anything that Dave does, where we eagerly anticipate um, the nine, the above and beyond, the Liga Exclusiva de Familia, uh, any of the Prince Halls, there, you know, it's all really good stuff. Uh, but this is 
This is special. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a special, special cigar. So, you know, there's a, a lot of blenders out there who have amazing skill. To, to be one, you have to have more skill than I have. Um, but there's a few blenders where I think their palate sort of matches mine, and that makes them extra special. Um, and Dave Blanco is one of them. Um, so I typically enjoy a lot of uh, a lot of these products. This uh, particular BG Reserve, the uh, length at five and a half is kind of the perfect to me, like the perfect length for the cigar lounge. It's not too long, you know. You might might get uh, called away or something like that. Um, you know, it's not not too short either. So in you know my my prep for the show smoke um you know it was like an hour for me i don't slow smoke my cigars um i don't think many people would finish it more quickly than that um but you might take a little bit longer uh, yeah I do. you know the they, they always have like the sometimes they have the recommended smoking timer like mm-hmm. they'll tell you how how they think you know the manufacturers think how, how long they think it should take you to smoke yeah for me i always add like 15 20 minutes yeah yeah, everybody's smoking style is different, and if I'm talking, the cigar uh, typically lasts longer, which includes podcasting. There's a lot of talking that has to happen on this audio-only show. I mean, I don't know, I don't know about you, but this cigar, I'm perfectly fine with just sitting here and smoking it with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's also, um, I call it spice rack, but that like um, spectrum of baking spices that you associate with like holiday cookies and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, all of those like sweeter side of the, uh, spice rack. So definitely have that in here as well. So a little bit about, uh, Blanco cigars. So probably, you know, not as widespread as Perdomo or somebody like that. Right. Um, and so some of our listeners might not have access to uh, Blanco products. Definitely, you know, go out of your way to find one and give them a shot. Um, you can always do a road trip. Like I said, historic Gettysburg is a destination summer campground. And uh, you can stop by the shop while you're there. I was going to say, I know exactly where you can find Blanco products. Right, right. Maybe at the Blanco Lounge. Yeah. Union Cigar Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. Um, yeah, so... Wanted to talk about that a little bit. This, this uh, cigar and all the Blanco products are rolled at the Placencia factory in Nicaragua. So Blanco is part of the Placencia family. And this is actually, this is similar to Francisco's story, you know, where in a lot of the uh, Central American and South American countries, you know, you take your mother's surname. And so with uh, Francisco, for example... Um, his father's side is the Santanas. And, you know, that's a, a really big name. Yeah, big in, cigar family. In Dominican tobacco, yeah. Uh, same thing with Placencio. So, you know, Blanco got the Blanco uh, name, but cousins with the Placencia. So, you know, one big happy family. And has access to Placencia's super secret special stock, which uh, goes into their... Uh, estate selection cigars. Well, well deserved too, if I might add. Uh, Dave is uh, an awesome guy. He's been in the shop a couple times, and obviously has a prowess for uh, 
you know, blending tobacco. He knows exactly what he's doing. So like I said, well deserved that he has this connection. Yeah. And, uh, he, so he has access. He also has experience and knowledge, um, which, you know, is really coming through in this cigar, which I'm probably, probably smoking too quickly, but I'm like gulping this cigar down because it's pretty good. And, uh, I'm still thinking through, I'm still chewing the smoke. Like it's a, it's a finished product, but it has like subtlety and nuance that I'm trying to pick out. So pretty, pretty cool experience. In the beginning of my, when I started smoking cigars, I would, I would do that. I would smoke quickly, very quickly. And I had to like train myself to slow down, keep the cherry cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, was, that was the analogy that got me thinking, right? It was the the hotter it is, the harder it is to taste. The more mm-hmm. heat you're going to taste, you know, when that temperature is, is hotter and the less, you know, the less nuanced flavors you're going to taste. And I would peg this as a medium strength. Yeah, nothing nothing too crazy right now. Yep. So, good cigar, and we've got a good inch in, I think, of uh, tasting and smoking it. And with that, I think it is time for the Tobacconist Tip of the Week. Nick, take it away. And now, your Tobacconist Tip of the Week with Nicholas McCann. Our Tobacconist Tip of the Week this week is in regards to uh, primary bands. So, for example, the BG Reserve that we're smoking right now has a, a primary band, and it also has a foot band. Um, the foot band comes off ideally before you light the cigar. Yes, that, that's an important learning tip for everybody out there remove the foot band before lighting the cigar. The primary band is, uh, is adhered, adheres to itself, I should say, with a, a type of, you know, non-toxic edible glue, I should, you know. Vegetable pectin, technically. Yeah, right. And um, sometimes you, they tear. Sometimes they, the glue gets, leaks onto the wrapper of the cigar, and you have issues. You pull a little bit of the outer leaf off. Um, the band runs. You know when the band you take it off and you like keep unwinding it. Yep. Yeah. It's stuck on one corner. Yeah. And it's like trying to unroll a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. So this so this can be uh, <clears throat> you can help yourself I should say by letting the cherry travel as close to the band as possible without obviously smoking any of the band. Um, this will warm up the glue. And it'll it'll allow you to more easily remove that band. And so I think that um, I see a lot of people like right off the bat before they light the cigar, they take the band off. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. And and it's it's your cigar. Do what you want with it. But if you have issues with this, or you notice something like this. Yeah, like taking a piece of the wrapper off. You know, happens all the time. Like it's stuck yeah. to a little dot of glue or yeah, something. Exactly. Another thing that I've noticed is uh, sometimes the band holds the cigar together. So depending on the construction and the Vitola, the cigar is going to always expand to some extent, you know, when you heat it up. And uh, sometimes removing the band too early uh, causes some splitting and other issues. Um, So good advice there. And yeah, just make sure you take it off before you uh, combust it, because I've done that once or twice and it is the worst flavor in the world. You definitely don't want to wreck your cigar that way. And I think too, uh, maybe this comes from my retail training, but 
I'm very conscious of not touching the leaf with my fingertips, mm-hmm. um, especially like when it's other people's cigars, when it's my own cigar, because I'm, I'm well aware of how uh, the oils in her fingers can, um, you know, mix with the leaf oils. And so I like using the band as a, as a, as a glove to, so, so as not to touch the, you know, the leaf of the cigar. Yeah. The, uh, rumor out there on the street, which this is apocryphal and probably not true is that the, uh, Spaniards wore white cotton gloves to protect their hands and they would get tobacco stained and they started putting bands on the cigars. So they had something, they had a glove for their glove. Yeah. Um, now me, I would have just changed to brown gloves, but, uh, Hey, that's the Yankee in me, I suppose. Work smarter, not so, harder. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm sure that is not a true story, but it sounds cool. So uh, everybody tell it like it's true, and we're going to start a rumor thing going on. So, Well, Nick, thank you for that tip. Uh, we are smoking the Blanco BG Reserve Short Lonsdale 55 by 46 and so far this is a really delightful smoke. I like the fact that it's not too strong because it really lets you savor uh, this smoke and I wouldn't call it a smoke bomb, but I would say the smoke output is definitely there and noticeable and the the weight of the uh, the smoke in my mouth you know allows me to I would call it chewy uh, smoke but also creamy it sort of it sort of slides around the palate uh, we're not getting choked out by the smoke but you know by any means but it also like you take that first draw and there is a a uh, satisfactory amount of smoke in mm-hmm. here in your mouth. It's not like, oh, you know, I got to take a second pull of this now. Right. Because I feel like I need more. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And that that allows you to smoke the cigar kind of slowly and enjoy it because you can take a long, slow draw, keep that cherry cool, and just get a bunch of smoke on the palate uh, to enjoy. So that that is really cool. And uh, let's move into our informational segment, how to develop your palate. So this is a conversation that keeps coming up with people and, uh, you know, there's the, the joke from Bill Burr, you know, you're tasting fucking smoke, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what, what, uh, what tasting notes are you getting from the, from the cigar? And, and people will ask me, you know, how do you do that? Can I do that? Does it change anything? So I'll start out by saying that if you smoke cigars and you like the flavor and you don't look for tasting notes or sort of pick the smoke apart that's fine you're going to enjoy your cigar and and that's okay but if you're interested in developing your palate and sort of learning um how to pick out those flavors uh here's some tips to help you uh, do that and the first tip that i have is to isolate and focus so you know this sounds obvious but if if you're going to develop your palate get yourself alone Um, try to be in a room without distractions. You don't want, you definitely don't want any other aromas. You know, you don't want that air freshener. You don't want a room with that. You've cleaned the furniture with pledge or something like that. Um, you want to be in a neutral setting. You want to be in a neutral setting for your nose and your palate, your mouth. Don't want to be burning a candle. Right. Um, Nothing like that. It's so you know how uh, they say blind people have like a heightened sense of hearing. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept here, mm-hmm. right? We don't want um, our other senses, you know, vision, yep. hearing, uh, smell, to affect what we're trying to do primarily. Right. And so, like you said, like you know, dimly lit is good. Uh, yeah. No other, you know, 
you don't want to be in a kitchen where there's cooking right. going on. No, no television, no podcasts, not even burn line, uh, no auditory distractions. So you don't want to be distracted. You want to be isolated. You want to be able to focus. Um, so set yourself up for success there. You know, as, as neutral of an environment as you can. Definitely, definitely not outside. You do not want to be outside while doing this for a bunch of reason, reasons. You know, it's distracting. There's uh, movement of air, you know, air currents. There's all kinds of smells. There might be sounds of traffic or anything else. Um, so somewhere where you can focus and be isolated. And then the, uh, my second tip is don't Google the cigar, right? So we, there is a method of what do other people think this tastes like? Can I taste that? Um, my recommendation is to go the other way around. So I'll talk about that. But don't Google it first. You're going to smoke it first. And then everything you think you're tasting, write it down. Right. That's the third tip. So you might not know what you're tasting. It might be, you know, this weird spicy taste or, you know, that that taste that reminds me of grandma's holiday sugar cookies, you know, or something like that. Just write it down. And remember, there's not a right or a wrong answer here. What you're trying to do is figure out, can you put words to what you're tasting that makes sense to everybody else? I'm really glad you said that, too, about the reminding you of grandma's cooking i think you said mm-hmm. um because people i hear a lot of people in the industry make fun of folks for saying this cigar tastes like insert abstract mm-hmm. uh you know mixed smell taste flavor and it's like how how the hell did you get that from a cigar well so we're sitting in the in the in the back room of the Blanco lounge and where, de- where deals are struck and fortunes are made, right? Right. And this room, like, smells like something. Mm-hmm. And so one day, if I light up a cigar and I'm like, holy shit, this smells like that room. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, uh, you know, it's it's distinctly tied to my memory of this right. place. Your olfactory memory is uniquely yours. It's super strong. And so, like, you can't tell anyone that they're not getting that right right so write down as weird or abstract as what you think you're tasting tastes like down so if it's this reminds me of aunt bessie's fruit cake then just write that down you know if it's this reminds me of some fruit that i had in the past but i can't remember what the name of the fruit is or then write that down right so tip number one, isolate and focus. Number two, don't pre-Google or research the cigar. Number three, write down what you are tasting. And then the fourth one is use lemon water or uh, preferably like a sparkling water. You can influence the flavor with the lemon. However, the acidity in lemon juice cleans the palate very well, very quickly. Um, I will typically mix a glass of water with like half a teaspoon of lemon juice um, or even better I'll use sparkling water like Pellegrino and I will just drop you know an eyedropper of lemon juice in there and that helps clean the uh, clean your palate off and you want to clean your palate you know before you start smoking I asked uh, Travis Pappenheim who's the uh, director of consumer education for Altidus and who who plays a main role in blending a lot of Altidus' cigars. I said, what do you, you guys are down there 
smoking blend after blend after blend. What happens to your palate? And he actually told me that they uh, that he likes to eat unsalted almonds, mm-hmm. um, and that for some reason that whether it's the oils and the almonds um, or you know the taste itself, but that he said that really helps him kind of <clears throat> move from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. So you want to make sure your palate is clean and keep it clean. Um, point number five, if you want snob points, you can use samplings. So a sampling is a small dish of different stuff, different flavors that you can compare to the cigar. So an example would be you can take some bread and tear off a few crumbles into a dish. Um, you can have actual spices like pepper, for example, uh, different types of pepper. There's a huge taste difference between red telly cherry pepper and black peppercorns. Um, salt, pink Himalayan salt, Irish gray salt. You know, there's there's a bunch of different things you can keep with you in the room. The only uh, caution that I have there is some of the spices and stuff can be very aromatic. And you want to be careful that you're not sort of bringing that into uh, your cigar experience. And you think that you're tasting cloves in the cigar because you have a bowl full of cloves there, right? Particularly ground spices can give off quite a bit of aroma. So would you, would you eat the, would you eat the spices like intermittently throughout the cigar or, uh, what's the strategy there in practice? Yeah. Typically with the samplings, you're testing your, uh, taste buds. So if you take a draw on a cigar and you're like, that tastes like cedar. Well, you probably don't need to test that, but you can totally lick a cedar strip from a cigar box and compare it. And you might, you know, come back and say, it's, no, it's not actually cedar. It's a different wood. It's a different wood. Right. right. Yeah. Um, Same thing with bread, you know. Um, So that's for snob points. I don't do that. I did it a few times to sort of calibrate my palate, um, and I didn't find it to be super useful. And one reason for that, though, is I do cook. Um, I'm actually quite good at it. And so I already know a lot of flavors and a lot of um, ingredients that, you know, I know why I'm adding it to something when I'm cooking it and what I'm trying to accomplish. And so I think that, you know, kind of gives me an edge when I'm tasting cigars because I'm already used to sort of doing that, right? That's the biggest thing, too. You're going to have trouble describing flavors if you don't know a lot of flavors mm-hmm. um you know there's the the five basic sweet sour umami or savory um right. what are the other two bitter yeah bitter and salty something like that yeah. so um the the sixth point is compare your notes to google or other research so after you write down what you think you're tasting you can calibrate it you might just not have the right words Right. And so an example with the cigar that we're smoking, I use the term spice rack. Um, that's kind of unique to me. And uh, so I looked it up and a couple of reviewers described it as having um, baking spices is what they called it. So, pr- you know, pr- pretty close right there. Right. Uh, so you might have a note like this tastes like you know, grandma's gingerbread house that she makes every Christmas. And then when you research it, they say there's baking spices in there. You're like, okay, so, you know, that's, that's a pretty good word for 
what I thought I was tasting. You know, for me, it tastes like grandma's gingerbread house. Uh, for somebody who hasn't had that, it tastes like baking spices. Right? And so you can kind of use that to calibrate the words you're using uh, to describe the flavors you're tasting. Yeah, because then it'd be, the question would be, what in grandma's, uh, you know, recipe is right. is what I'm tasting? What is it? Right. And the baking spice in this case is the answer. And yeah, totally. Uh, you can get a um, sampler of spices. They're really expensive nowadays. But, uh, you know, what's the difference between cloves and allspice? Well, they're actually really different. But unless you, like, taste them one after the other, you, you don't know. So I use, this, uh, I use this metaphor, you know, in the New York Stock Exchange. The only thing that you're allowed to drink is water. I don't know why, you know, a bunch of, like, privileged dudes back in the day just decided this is the new rule. I get probably somebody spilled some coffee on, like, their tape drive printer, you know, back in 1972, and uh, someone lost their shit. So water only. And so in that region of the world, they sell caffeinated water, which I used to sell. I mean, I worked in a coffee and bagel shop in Connecticut where all of the stock traders stop to, uh, you know, get their, uh, bagel and locks and coffee in the morning. And, you know, so we would sell this cat. So I tried it. And if you really want to harm yourself, you can actually use caffeinated water to make your coffee. Um, highly recommended once, and you may only be able to do it once. Mm. Um, by the way, uh, this show has not been vetted by the surgeon general. So (laughs) follow at your own risk. Uh, anyway, when you drink the caffeinated water, you can immediately taste the caffeine. You can taste the difference between this and regular bottled water, right? And it, it kind of wrecked coffee for me for a long time, and still to this day, I can taste the caffeine in coffee, and I can taste the difference between, like, Maxwell House's caffeine strength and Starbucks, for example. Um, and so by isolating that flavor, now when I consume things that have caffeine in them, I can taste the caffeine, right? So you can kind of do the same thing with your cigars as you isolate flavors, like, for example, allspice, right? Then when you smoke the cigar, now you can taste it because you tasted it in isolation. So those are some tips for how to develop your palate. Just a quick rundown. Isolate and focus. Uh, Don't pre-research the cigar. Write down everything that you think you're tasting, no matter how wild it sounds. You're going to calibrate your language later. Uh, Use lemon water or unsalted almonds to clean your palate. Make sure that you have a clean palate before you start. Do not brush your teeth with toothpaste. That will ruin everything. Um, If you want some snob points, use some samplings to calibrate your palate. And uh, point number six, compare your notes to Google and figure out what language are other people using. And how can that help uh, calibrate what you're tasting? So I will give you an example from a whiskey. I had the opportunity to purchase a bottle of OCD number five, which was Whiskey Bible's micro whiskey of the year last year. And uh, really had to go go to a lot of trouble to, uh, to get this bottle, which was picked up from the distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky. And... Uh, I couldn't quite describe one of the flavors, right? So there was definitely like a hickory stick dipped in honey, but there was something else. And uh, I wrote down when I was 
in Dubai, they had pickled vegetables that came in a jar. And I guess that's common in that part of the world. You can get it here in, uh, here in Pennsylvania, pickled cauliflower, stuff like that. And they tend to have these mixed vegetables, you know, cauliflower, pearl onion, stuff like that that's pickled. And uh, that's, what I, that's what I put in my notes. So then when I Googled it, um, they said green olive. And I retasted it, and Ooh. I thought, yeah, yeah. It's, re- it's really kind of, you know, a, a green olive uh, flavor here. Yeah. So not with pimento, but just a straight. Say, different stuffings in the olives. Yeah, yeah, just dr- straight green olives. So that's how you can use other people's research to sort of calibrate your palate. And the reason that I recommend that you don't Google it first is you'll find the flavor they say that you're supposed to find. It's psychosomatic. Yeah, like they weren't wrong. Uh, your brain will follow what you read and that's not what you're going for right you're trying to go the other direction you want your your brain to initiate this is what it tastes like but but then afterwards you kind of want to calibrate your language because saying a whiskey tastes like pickled mixed vegetables from the middle east is is probably not as effective as saying you know green olive right form your own opinion damn it form your own opinion damn it yeah i think uh I think these are all great tips. It's um, it's one of those things where you kind of need a prereq. You need the prerequisite skill of being able to, to taste food and have that background before you can describe cigars in that same way. Um, you need to like have a, a decent base knowledge of which, uh, by virtue of the fact that we eat food every day, most people do. Um, but like, I don't know. You're either going to compare the the flavor you get in the, in the cigar to a food or a smell that you smell. Right. There's nothing else. So um, if you have a, a solid foundation of um, those two schools, then you'll you'll be fine. So we are about oh, I guess I'm two fifths of the way through my cigar, and I would say that uh, two flavors that have sort of picked up as it burned down. There's a little cocoa, not not chocolate, but like flat powdered cocoa flavor to it. Um, and I think a little coffee. Uh, I say a little because it seems subtle and I'm drinking coffee. So it, it might be a little confusion there. Um, but I think that's in there. There's still that like cream, beef fat, slightly seared uh, taste to it. Pretty juicy. Um, not a lot of pepper component, but it's there. It's a It's a very mild kind of on the on the finish like as as you release the last little bit of smoke there's just a little sheen of uh of pepper on there not black pepper i think more like more like white pepper or one of the red red uh not cayenne but you know what i mean the red peppercorns like telly cherry yeah um i'm picking up milder. i'm picking up a hint of bitter too um, yeah yeah a little bit of of bitter as it's burned down it's a, yeah it's on the back end as well um but a subtle like coffee bean. It's mm. funny because they're they're like a, they're offensive tastes, generally speaking. Like if I gave you, what's a, is it parsley? Yeah, like that's just like it makes you recoil a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a straight parsley leaf. Like bitter bitter in itself um, is like is very strong and sometimes not palatable. But like we accept it in some forms, like through coffee or through like this cigar. Right, we're like, okay, a little bit of bitter. Yeah, I can take that. It's good. Like, it tastes good here. 
And on your burn line, there are four layers to a burn line. The first is the ash, right? So I have a nice ash here. I love the ash on this cigar. Um, and then you have a dark section or black section where it's combusted. And then you have a line that should be lighter. And then you have the regular wrapper. Those are the four layers. And one of the ways that we measure quality of construction, etc., is how the burn line presents. The smaller the black line and the light line on the burn line, uh, typically the better combusting the wrapper is, right? The wider those stripes are, um, the worse the characteristic of the burn. Usually it's burning too quickly and too hot. Um, really excellent burn line on this one, which is appropriate for this podcast. I'm going to need you to diagram that. We'll get like a an anatomy picture going. Yeah, we'll, we'll let's publish like a big poster. Yeah. We can sell that on the merch store, which uh, we don't have, but we're going to have. So hold on to your dollars. We will take them shortly. So great experience with this Blanco BG Reserve, uh, Short Lonsdale so far. It is a San Andres Mexican wrapper with an Indonesian Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan fillers. And uh, Nick, I think it is time for Cigar News of the Week. What have we got this week? Cigar News. Here is your host, Nicholas McCann. So there are two things I want to touch on this week. Um, one is exciting and one is... I guess sad if you're a fan of a certain show. Um, the first one is we'll do the sad news first. Um, Rob Gagne is leaving Bovida. Mm. Um, so if you are familiar with the Box Press Show, um, which is a long-running podcast YouTube show, um, the host Rob Gagne is is departing Bovida. So the show they have a, a small archive of you know pre-recorded videos that they're still going to release. But um, production's going to halt there. Um, they've done some really good interviews in the past. Uh, Michael Herklotz, Um They interviewed, uh, I want to say her name is Lizette Perez-Carrillo, who's Ernesto's daughter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he goes to the trade shows. He interviews all these. Pete Johnson was on there. That Pete Johnson interview is really good. Um, and then he does a lot of product. He did a lot of product reviews, too, which was cool. Um, so hope, so I guess we wish Rob the best in, uh, in his future endeavors, but, uh, box press, I guess we'll, we'll cease here shortly. So all of you box press listeners out there, I don't know where you will go to consume good cigar content. If only there was a show out there. Dang it. Dang it. And the second piece of news, which is a uh, happy news is crown heads announced Las Calveras 2023. All right. <clears throat> and that's going to be shipping in late june i believe um and they're doing a broadleaf wrapper over nicaragua nicaraguan binder filler interesting um do you know what color the band is going to be i saw it off the top of my head i can't tell you it's a nondescript nondescript color yeah i have all of them so it's yeah. just one of those weird things i collect oh my, so. me too yeah it's so, it's so much fun to collect them yeah yeah different color every year same skull uh, on the band, yeah, and then usually the year, uh, somewhere on there too. But I mean, it's a fantastic blend. Dea de los Muertos, yeah, skull, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and actually, I got a, I got some swag. I think it was 2019. What was the purple wrapper? 2020, maybe. 2019. Yeah, right around there. You got it. 
Yeah, so it's a black uh, flat bill cap, and the underside of the bill is like yellow and has the Dea de los Muertos skull. Um, so it's it's kind of cool. I'm not really a, a flat bill cap kind of guy, but uh, I've got that somewhere in my swag cabinet. They're great. It's a great cigar, great series of cigars. And they're different, too. Exactly. Yeah, different know, every year. Yeah, like it's a series, but it's not like the same cigar, so it's kind of cool. Right. And some of them are great. Some of them I didn't enjoy so much, but uh, I smoked it anyway. So. Yep. Well, let's get back to the cigar, and we are smoking the Blanco BG Reserve, which is a collab with Brian Glenn of Cigar Obsession. We're smoking the Short Lonsdale, which is a 55 by 46 and... Uh, I would say that uh, I would peg this cigar like it is sort of special enough and nuanced enough. Um, I I would not smoke this like while doing other activities. I don't think this is a, um, you know, football party cigar, definitely not outdoor work or fishing cigar or anything like that. I would peg this as a solid lounge cigar. Yeah, I put it kind of in the same category as the Herrera Estelle Miami mm-hmm. where like... Um if it's your wedding night, I, I wouldn't necessarily grab this cigar. You're probably going to go for something more expensive, um, more, uh, you know, I'm not going to say higher end because this is very high end, very premium tobacco in the cigar. But, um, yeah, like a, like, a, like a long week of work, Friday night, kick your feet up, have a nice glass of bourbon. Like this is one that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you'd want to be, especially if you're smoking it for the first time, you know, you want to be able to concentrate on it because it is a pretty special cigar. And uh, at eleven fifty, it is not cheap for a five and a half by forty six, but it is approachable and affordable. Um, and for the for the quality, I think it's a great price point. Um, so yeah, enjoy this in a lounge um, and uh, savor the flavor. And with that, I think it is time to. Rate this cigar, and we rate our cigars on Five Vectors presentation, construction, flavor, cost, and experience. So, presentation. Nick, what do you give the Blanco BG Reserve Short Lonsdale? For this cigar, I give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I'm a big fan of the color purple, and I think that the color purple blends very well with the Maduro hue of the wrapper. The footband is nice, the pigtail cap, the closed foot. The boxes you described, it all goes really well together. I agree. I also ranked this at an 8 for presentation. Um, I feel like Blanco really went out of their way on this one. Um, And I like that they didn't cheap out on the box. You know, it looks great on the shelf. It's one of those that, you know, if you're a guy that buys boxes and throws them in your humidor, it draws your eye. It catches your attention. It's going to look nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, So we both rank it an 8 on presentation. How about construction, Nick? Uh, my construction on this cigar was pretty close to flawless. Um, I'll give it a nine. All right. And a nine for Nick on construction. Um, I also have to give it a nine. I I couldn't pick anything apart. It burns evenly. It burns smoothly. The wrapper was in perfect condition. One of the things that I look for is on the cap, has it been sealed properly? And... Even on the best cigars, you are likely at some point to find where the cap hasn't sealed all the way around. There's like a little bubble 
or tunnel in there, which you can draw air in through. You know, it does affect the cigar smoking um, experience. So I've got a nine for construction as well. And smoke output was great. Smoke output is great. And it is uh, consistent as well. You know, every once in a while, typically on, you know, lower end cigars, the way that it's been bunched, I'll have a section where it's like burning cool. Uh, and then a section where it's burning hot, and it changes, you know, both the flavor profile and the smoke output. None of that. Very consistent all the way through. Um, and that brings us to flavor. So, Nick, thoughts on flavor? Uh, this was this was uh, fantastic. It was a, a new experience for me. The ones I smoked in preparation, I didn't quite get the same flavor, but this one was, um, as far as flavor goes, a bit of an eye-opening one. Yeah, I do think the short Lonsdale hits a little different. Yeah, yeah. So anytime I smoke a BG from now on, I'm going to be looking for uh, these awesome flavors that we described. So some of them were the that fat, that mm -hmm. properly seared fat, um, but also goes along with the creamy texture. Yeah, um, which is really cool. I don't get that in a ton of cigars, so it's a nine for me. Nine on flavor from Nick. I've got to add an eight for flavor. A lot of the same uh, things that Nick said. I'll echo. Um, what is superb about it is that it is a coherent flavor for the cigar, but it has layers to it. So you can pick it apart, um, but there's no flavor that screams, hey, look at me, I'm the flavor, right? Um, and there's no competition. All of the flavors work really well together. Um, I will say that it doesn't change flavor much as I burned it down, um, which is okay because it's a great flavor. So I've got it at eight for flavor. And now we move on to cost, so or value. So this is a not a ton of tobacco. It's a five and a half by forty six. It retails here for eleven fifty. Nick, what's your thought there on value? I'm perfectly comfortable with um, the retail price of the cigar. I think that it it did its job. Um, I'll give it an eight. So Nick's got eight for value. I also gave it an eight for value. I think that the uh, quality of the smoke could sell for more. Um, I think that uh, I would pay eleven fifty for this, you know, all day. Uh, this will be a repeat buy for me uh, for sure. And uh, experience, and also just while we're on the to topic of value, um, I'm I'm gonna say this: um, if this was a Placencia, it would sell for a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well. This is a Placencia. Like, if, if you smoke this side by side, it has every bit of the quality of construction, the selection of the tobacco, the blending. This is a high-end cigar. So I could see this retailing for $17, which is, you know, why I give it a value rating of 8. Yeah. So moving on to overall experience, this is the most subjective of our metrics here and kind of the most important because we've had cigars that didn't score super high in any of the other categories but it was so enjoyable yeah. of an experience and we've had other cigars that were technically excellent but it just didn't have that wow factor so you can take this rating with a grain of salt but i feel like it's the most important to us individually so nick how do you rank the experience of this blanco bg reserve um i had a, a a good experience it i don't think it was it did i mean it didn't knock my socks off um 
I don't, it's weird to say, because I liked this cigar a lot. Um, I'll, get, I'll give it a seven. Seven for experience from Nick. And I also had a seven uh, for experience. It, it was a good experience. This is a smooth smoke. It's a safe cigar. Like, you can pick this off the shelf, smoke it. Um, I do think it has some limited application. Again, I wouldn't really want to smoke this on the back patio while grilling necessarily. Um, and uh, it is uh, mono profile. Like, as you, as you smoke it down, it has complex flavors, but it doesn't change much. Um, so I'm halfway through, and uh, I think the bitter and pepper has picked up a little bit, and that's that's kind of it. Honestly, the, how I read experience, I think I just realized this, is how much how much dopamine did this cigar give me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like how how happy yeah did, how many how many happy chemicals did this make my brain excrete? And yeah, this this one's a seven, but you know there were very 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 good highs, um, but uh, you know overall just solid. And our overall ranking comes out to 41. So very high uh, ranking for this cigar. Um, that is our ranking. Again, we go up to a scale of 50. So we rank 1 to 10 on five different vectors. And we do that on purpose because we don't want you to confuse our rankings with other cigar rankings out there, which are all on a scale of 1 to 100, but they're really like a scale of 85 to 100 because nobody uses the first 85 points. So what's the point? Pretty soon we'll just have a forty to fifty. I've like, seen some. I've is, seen some that are that are uh, like some blog websites that are like three Jasons out of five. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like three of the guys' faces. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it, folks. We have been smoking the Blanco Brian Glenn BG Reserve Short Lonsdale collaboration with Cigar Obsession. This is a five and a half by forty six that retails for eleven fifty here at. Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. While the 20-count box will set you back $184, a savings of $46. I think that uh, this was a really enjoyable smoke, and, uh, you know, it it stands out. It has, like, a unique flavor profile. So recommend, if you're looking for a new cigar to try out, uh, give this one a shot. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. For all of you out there in the interwebs, thanks for joining Burnline. We will see you again next week.